0: So podcast episode twenty eight. <laughs> uh it is a fresh uh, a fresh breath of air. A breath of fresh air. How about that? I just woke up. can you tell? It's a bre- a breath of it's a breath of fresh hair. <laughs> Have you ever been next to a bitch and you like just really stringy hair and you go to breathe in and it goes whoop, down in your throat? <laughs> <laughs> All right, what I was gonna say was um it is nice to have stall, uh, doing the, the podcast now, uh, not just editing, but, um, actually when we signed a contract, he also, I'm basically just a host and he does all the writing and stuff. So if, uh, it is nice thinking about it that if I do say something horrible, it was basically from his mouth. Um, I'm just the presenter, so to speak. And, uh, it's nice to know that I'll never be cancelable because I'm not even everything I'm saying right now. This is all scripted. He wrote, he wrote every bit of this down and, uh, that's just nice. So anyways, um, uh, my mom has a retarded dog and <laughs> I have a story about my mom's retarded dog. Uh, but, um, actually before I even get into that, the, uh, i recently made a Daisy video where I called the, uh, I had I had some bit about um, everybody needs to give Bohemia Interactive, cut them some slack or something like that because they're one of the few businesses out there that actively hire retards. And I was like, it's a good thing, you know, like hiring disabled people. And then a bunch of people were like, hey, whoa, 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 back it up. Uh, the R word is offensive. So, <laughs> I mean, I... Uh, oh aren't I trying to offend? Like I'm insulting them. It's not not like I'm going up to a person, you know, and like shaking their hand and be like, Oh wow. Are you retarded? (laughs) Like I'm trying to offend. Should I be asking someone first? Like, all right, I'm going to make fun of your, uh, your cognitive abilities. I'm going to say that you're mentally not quite developed. What, (laughs) what kind of verbiage do you like? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what's your preferred nomenclature when referring to people with mental retardation? Because that that's what I'm going to call you. I would like to not offend you while I'm trying to offend you. If that's okay. <laughs> like how weirdly washed out is it going to get when like, uh, eventually it's going to get to the point where stupid is not even cause people are going to be like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. You can't call someone stupid because that implies that they're not as smart as the rest of us. The fuck you think I'm trying to do with the word? <laughs> Isn't that what I'm trying to do? But, uh, so, anyways, uh, Bohemia Interactive, your developers are not retarded. They're, uh, mentally deficient. They're d- not able to wrap their heads around the project with which you've tasked them. Uh, intellectually not capable of handling the very product that you sell. Is that better? Is that the less offensive? I feel like that's worse. Like that would be like that'd be like um if a girl just goes, hey Sam, you're ugly, and I'll be like, ah oh, fuck. And then it's like versus her giving a nuanced critique about my entire appearance, why I'm grotesque in every possible way while using nice language. Sam, your face symmetry is just off. It is absolutely horrendous. Your nose is bulbous. I can see the pores, saturated with grease. You are just really just all around unappealing. My vagina has never been drier, and uh, I hope I didn't offend you in any way because I didn't use any offensive language. But you are really just absolutely appalling to look at. Thank you. (laughs) Just call me fucking ugly. Like I would rather, I would much rather like that (laughs) than uh, yeah. It seems less personal. If I if I could insult someone quickly quick and dirty and it not get too personal about how they're fucking dropping the ball then uh then i would prefer that anyways so my mom's dog is retarded and uh okay so wait hold on let me let me back this fucking thing up because this this dog has an insane history that ends with an even greater insane follow-up okay so my mom has these like two little you know when, like, a, a lady gets divorced and she's like, I need something in my life, so she goes and gets some cats or dogs? That's my mom. She got two little Jack Russell things, I don't know. And one of them's like, a, a Chihuahua mix, right? And this Chihuahua mix one is named Pepe, and the other one is Gizmo, which I call Gizmo. And Pepe and Gizmo, they, uh, they're they supposed to be about 10 pounds each. Gizmo is about 20 pounds, and Pepe is about four or five pounds. <laughs> He's like emaciated and grotesque looking. He's just like a little gross dog. And he ended up, uh, like whenever you walk this, there's something off about him because he won't eat food. He won't drink anything. When you give him a treat, he like hovers over it. And just barks until Gizmo comes over and eats it for him. That's why Gizmo's so fucking fat. And then when you take this dog for a walk, it is like, um, what are those like Renaissance man uh, beaker things? <laughs> like It's like a ball with a Bunsen burner under it and it like distills liquid, which then drips out. That's his like urine. It is like the most concentrated urine of all time. He'll like lift his leg and just like like three drops will come out. And they'll just like sizzle on the ground. <laughs> Dog's the fucking weirdest thing in the world. You put no no food into it or anything, and it somehow is able to pee. Um, so, the of course, he gets urinary tract infections. And he had like two in the past six months or something like that. And finally, the vet's like, you know what? Let me just get an ultrasound of this dog. So, my mom gets an ultrasound. $700, by the way. And the the vet comes back and goes, uh what where're what is that called the Providence? Where the fuck did you get this dog <laughs> like what what kind of dog is this? Now, my mom got this dog from her uh her coworker that lives out on um how do I put this? Every town has that area where those people come from." And this part of my town is that it's called highway 20. I don't think there's a single foundation on highway 20. It is all mobile homes as far <laughs> as the eye can see. And just the worst type of people there. And uh, cause I live in Florida, you know, like there's mobile home parks here that are nice that have like my, my aunt lives in a mobile home park and she's got like a nice garden and everything. And it's all nicely kept up. And there's, uh, you know, no problems there, but then there's highway 20 type mobile home places where it's, um, you get shot if you look at your neighbor weird, <laughs> you know, and that's where Pepe came from. Now, Pepe not only came from highway 20 breeding facility, but <laughs> some sort of dog gang bang between two dogs that we don't understand where they're from, but, uh, the like the litter came out and not only was Pepe the runt of the litter, like the last one and the smallest one out, but the one immediately after Pepe uh, was dead was stillborn. So Pepe was like clinging to life and he came out and um, how do I put this? The mom did not like Pepe. The mom refused to let Pepe suckle upon her teats. She was like, get the fuck away from me, you freak of nature. And to us, Pepe looks fine. But like, you know, when you see like people with like, what is that called? Like microcephaly or whatever, where they have like the little cone head and they have like no brain stem or whatever. We see them and go, ooh, something wrong, right? With that person that they have something wrong with them, Right. And, uh, but a dog sees them and goes, Oh, it's just another human. Like they don't know humans that well. They can't tell the subtle differences between us. Uh, I feel like if I was a dog, I would look at Pepe and go, Oh, that motherfucker's got like a microcephaly or whatever, you know, like the little point, uh, pinhead thing. So we can't tell, but there's something fucking wrong with that dog. Cause no other dog likes that dog. I have never seen a dog walk up to that dog and not immediately like recoil in disgust. <laughs> this dog's a fucking freak. So uh <laughs> the vet says she did the ultrasound, and the vet is just like, this thing is. I've never seen anything quite like this. He said the liver is oddly shaped and out of place. The kidneys are not where they're supposed to be and oddly shaped. The bladder is a totally different shape than what's supposed to be. It's folded in half, like a fortune cookie, and the fucking like urethra is like coming out the side of it, not the bottom. <laughs> There's like a, a, the adrenal gland is like twice the size it's supposed to be, and it's pumping out so much adrenaline that the doctor said like if this was a human it would be like having a heart attack. It, and, and like you know how like small dogs are always kind of shaky? They're always kind of like vibrating around. This dog has always been like like Michael J. Fox style. Like just fucking all the time, just constantly shaking because his his adrenal gland is just like gung, gung, gung. And uh, so (laughs) this dog thinks it's like falling forever, you know, (laughs) until the day it dies. And so the vet's like, we need to do some surgery on this thing. Now, uh, this is where this this podcast turns into r slash am I the asshole because, uh, and Stalt can weigh in on this as a guy that recently lost a pet to old age though, not to elective surgery type stuff. But are household pets worth thousands of dollars of elective surgery? That is the question. Keep in mind, this dog's like nine years old. I personally think, you know, I love my dog. My dog is the shit. Uh, and I'm all for elective surgery if it's like, if the the vet's like, hey, your dog has hip dysplasia. Everything else is fine. Your dog's like six years old. You got like another X amount of years out of her, you know? Hip dysplasia, it's not a bad thing to get over. You just put them on some like leg cast wheel things for a while and, and then you have a cool disabled dog for a, a minute until the legs heal. That's fine, but I'm not going <laughs> to... The vet wants to go in there and, like, like a fucking science fair, figure out what's wrong with these. He wants to get paid to basically just uh, dissect, like, this alien dog. And uh, and then he's also going to move the urethra to the bottom side of the bladder, which is really just a waste of money because the dog doesn't drink anyways. So uh, I don't really don't think <laughs> it's worth it. By the way, I don't know if this weighs into anything, but... um. This dog has a massive cock. It's really fitting, too, because, like, you know, if you have some super intelligent dog or person, I would expect him to have, like, a tiny. Like, I bet you nobody has a smaller cock than Stephen Hawking, you know. But um, this dog is just so stupid, and, like, his cock-to-dog ratio is hilarious because it's like this chihuahua with this giant dong hanging down. And... <laughs> Fucking cracks me up. Anyway, so uh, I would not give surgery to this fucking thing, to be honest. But, you know, uh, so anyways, I was telling my mom, I was like, look, you just started dating again. You know, she's been single for like years and years and years and she's been divorced and and she just started dating again. I was like, mom, you just started dating. You don't need these dogs anymore. (laughs) Just let them live until they live and then. And then bury him in the backyard. But uh, she says I'm cold-hearted. I don't know. I'll let you guys get your opinion on that. If you guys are willing to throw thousands of dollars down for a fucking old-ass dog that's been confirmed genetically fucked up. What's I got to do? Oh, yeah. Getting into the uh, uh, therapy section. You know, because I'm a licensed therapist. Stalt put a disclaimer that I'm not a licensed therapist. At the <laughs> Uh, put a disclaimer that I'm actually not very smart at all. <laughs> so you probably shouldn't take anything I say. Put on there that I also have very little life experience. I've been dating one woman my entire life. Uh, put on there but that I'm incredibly handsome, though. Yeah. Yeah, put that on there. Uh, Stolt, also put on there that you've seen my cock and you think it might be bigger than average. Put that on there, too. Stolt, also put on there that... um. That I might be the coolest boss you've ever had. <laughs> Put that on there. All right. Anyways, so uh, throwback to a previous therapy question. There was a there was a lady that was like at a party. She got really drunk and like some guy was having her sit on his lap and was taking care of her and holding her hair while she was puking and everything. And uh, and she was like, he didn't even try to have sex with me. That was incredible. I just can't believe he's such a nice guy. Well, she has a follow up and she says, never mind. He has erectile dysfunction. That's why he didn't rape me. You should ask him about his problems. Um, I love how she, in the first message, she was like, oh, my God, he didn't even try to have sex with me. I was totally willing to have sex with him. That was incredible. We we, we should have had sex. And then in the second thing, she was like, he didn't rape me because I was inebriated. So it would have been rape. <laughs> but she... The first time around, she was like, "I was totally into it. I would have had sex." That was, by the way. So that means uh, consent over time can change. Now that she realizes he's not exactly uh, what is that called sexually potent, you know, she would have considered it rape. But at the time, she thought like, "Oh man, this guy can get a a huge, big, hard erection. That'll be sex." But now that she knows that he's not quite sexually there flagging erections, it would have been rape. Further reason to, uh, turn gay fellas <laughs> guys don't fuck around with that shit. It's <laughs> just like, you know, I don't think I've ever heard of male on male rape outside of prison. Is that a thing that happens? Stalt do some research. Stalt look up male on male rape on Google images and send me the top thousand results. Thank you. 2000, 2000 results. <sighs> You know it's hard to do this, guys, but uh I study these things to better humanity, to expand my mind. Install also wrap up in there. Top thousand search results on Pornhub. Send those to me as well. <laughs> all right. Anyways, next one. Um, uh, I'll get I'll get back to you, lady. Whoever you're, well, that was a lady that sent me that, right? Yeah. Actually, hold on let's talk about erectile dysfunction for a second, because if I remember correctly. This dude... I'm trying to get fucking comfortable. This dude... I'm about to turn off this fucking recording and go get some coffee. (laughs) This dude was like... If I remember correctly, you were super young. Like 18 or younger. Maybe. Possibly. And... Which would mean that he's probably around the same age. This dude shouldn't be having erectile dysfunction this fucking young. He's like... What the heck? Like at that age... I don't think... Uh, I think at that age, it would be like... What's that called? A, neurolo- a psychological issue? Like, you know, I don't like to get into my own uh, sex life or anything too often. Um, uh, except for all the time. All I do is talk about my sex life. God, I love penis and genital. <laughs> That's all I talk about. But I think uh, when I was young... I had the opposite of a prejaculation problem, right? It took me like forever to nut. And then I realized that uh, it's just a, you just got to let go your mind. Don't be so, don't try to force it. Just let it uh, just relax. And, uh, this guy might be, it might be like a similar thing. Dude, I, you guys have no idea how fucking wound up I was as a teenager. I was like, I had like some serious rage issues (laughs) and really, which is, thats astounding because of how laid back I am now. I know. But I was like, I was, I was fucking wound up, man. And, uh, it really came through in my inability to nut. (laughs) It's probably because I couldn't nut. I think there's some direct correlation between someone's anger level and how often they nut. <laughs> That's Those are directly tied to each other. But, um, yeah, this this guy probably has some sort of issue here. You know, Stolt, you can cut this out if I've talked about that. I say that, like, every time, and I don't think you've ever cut anything out I've <laughs> ever talked about. But you can cut this out if I haven't talked about this before, or if I have talked about this before. But my fucking my wife had a friend in high school. I remember this vividly because I think about it all the time. So I was like, "You fucking lucker dog." <laughs> they were we were at, going to lunch somewhere, and her friend had this boyfriend that she would she would. Uh, me and Abby were always together, right? But like her friend would always get like new boyfriends and stuff, and. Uh, she was sitting there bitching about this in the backseat. She was like, no, Travis, it's, it's pathetic. It's pathetic. We start to have sex and then he just comes and he has to take off the condom and put on a new condom and it just takes forever. And then he starts having sex again. And Then he has to, he nuts again. So we has to, we end up changing three, four condoms by the end of it. And I'm like, I'm sitting there driving fucking white knuckling the steering wheel. <laughs> Cause I'm so like jealous of this guy, and people sit there and complain about prejaculation. Dude, I would kill to be a prejaculator. By the end of sex, I look like a sweaty, fucking fat guy. That is just like, I'm just a pouring sweat. It is taking everything in my body just to get that one nut out, and there's Travis, nutting four times in like a ten minute period. That's four times my nut in one day. That's efficiency, dude. He's an efficient worker. The fuck are you complaining about? That is, <laughs> that is the greatest shit I've ever heard of. I'm sitting here struggling my ass off, and Travis is living the life, man. Pre ejaculation sounds like the best shit in the world. And now, like, you know, it's been, it's been a while. You know, I'm over the, um, I guess, like, the psychological problem. I nut perfectly fine, I hope, in a, in a, a nice, timely manner, I hope. Um, but, man, I wish it was quicker. <laughs> It'd be nice to be able to just hop on there, fucking pound for, like, four minutes, get up, uh, you know, walk around, stare out the window with my hands on my hips, and then go back to town in, like, two minutes. And, like, not only that, but that guy, this dude she was complaining about, has, like, a godlike refractory period. Who the fuck is able to nut and then, like, stop for two seconds and then nut again? That's some champion shit. She was complaining about it. What the fuck? What does she want? (laughs) That's what I want to know. I've come to the conclusion that women don't want us to nut. They don't like men getting satisfaction. Yep. You heard me which is why I'm going to convince you to go gay (laughs) here today. (laughs) That's the entire point of this podcast is just bring up gay stuff as much as possible. I was thinking about this too. And, uh, whenever you're on like porn sites and stuff, they always have a category for hand jobs. Who the fuck is watching that? Who the fuck wants to get their dick whacked off by a woman? Women haven't been touching cocks their whole life. Women have like a, a very surface level, like they just see what guys do to themselves, and they're like, oh, I'll imitate that. They're not good at it. They've been touching a cock for maybe hours in their life. Cumulatively, every man is, we got weeks of cock time, weeks. I've been whacking off since I was like 10 years old. I'm 29 now. I got some cock experience. Nobody whacks off better than me. All right, don't you even come into my ballpark and touch this cock and act like you're going to do it as good as I do. Get out of here. You're minor league shit. I'm major league, okay? The dudes that are like, oh, yeah, I'm really into women uh, clumsily whacking me off with no sensory loop. Get out of here. That's the the worst fetish. I like getting shittily masturbated. Dude, you know who whacks off guys really good? Other guys. If you are in the hand job stuff, just go be gay. Those guys, a gay dude will whack you off better than I hear my neighbor bringing her trash can down to the street, and she probably can hear me in here, and she's probably like, "Jesus Christ, what the fuck does he do for a living?" <laughs> a gay guy will whack you off better than any woman will. Facts. I don't know if that's a fact because I haven't I haven't tried it yet. I just assume in my many fantasies of gay men that go <laughs> through my head. In my day-to-day fantasizing of gay men, um, I assume that they'd probably be pretty good at masturbating or second-hand masturbating, Wh- whacking off somebody else. On to the next one. All right, this one's written in from a guy. Uh, this one's political. Cause you know me, I'm always wanting to get into politics. I love politics, <laughs> and I love dividing people. That's mostly what I'm all about. Anyways, this guy says recently I've had uh, I've had to cut my dad off because of the heated politics of this year, and I don't like I don't like the person he's becoming. Recently, he made a Facebook post that was a picture of a cotton field with the caption "Free BLM shirts," and his comment was "Get to work." He tried to play it as a joke, but no matter how you look at it, this one comes off as really racist. <laughs> you think? Should I wait and see if he's willing to change his thinking or accept him as he is and remove politics from our relationship? First of all, whenever someone uh, says something really fucking racist or just really stupid, they always go, dude, I'm joking. You see that all the time online. What, are people not allowed to joke anymore? (laughs) You always see that. They'll just do something fucking horrible and go, people are not allowed to joke anymore? And I'm, I'm fucking, I'm one of those people. I'm not sitting there pointing a finger. All right, I have been known to say just incredibly edgy shit always with the intent of a laugh. I never just go, you know, like, try to just go for the throat for no reason without any, you know, I'm not, like, leafy. I don't think anybody's ever laughed at one of his videos, but he just, like, he just goes for the throat for no reason and then goes, like, oh, it's a fucking joke, like that Steven Crowder guy. <laughs> like, I'm a comedian. Dude, nobody's laughing. Since when it was like the worst comedy of all time, the one where nobody laughs ever. God, that's incredible. Anyway, so uh, you know what I would do? I'm I'm married into a family where uh, I love my old wife, right? And uh, but her family is very super conservative, like surface level knows absolutely nothing about policy and politics or anything. Um but just goes like uh they just took a very surface level look at it and went, Oh, I think the white people are on this side. <laughs> and so they're like and they get all their news from one news source, uh, which is like Fox News, which, you know, watch Fox News and be like super right wing all you want, but like at least diversify it. Like <laughs> go on Breitbart or fucking InfoWars too. I mean if you're gonna be Full on on that side, just commit, you know, I don't want to see uh, a single faceted person, nothing, nothing uh, cool about that. <laughs> so they, uh, they just hang out on Fox news and I have nothing in common with these people and they, it it's hard to have any sort of political discussion with someone that has absolutely no insight into politics. They're, they're, uh, you know, like the, the, uh, you know, like the Fox and CNN approach to news where it's like, it's basically Facebook. It's like entertainment news. That's their level of political knowledge. They don't know anything about bills being passed. They don't know anything about policy. They don't know any senators. They just know like Biden's trying to take our jobs away, <laughs> like that, that kind of shit. And, uh, or, or like, the CNN equivalent would be, like, Trump's deporting everybody. <laughs> you know, like, Trump hates black people. And um, it's, like, those people you can't have any political discussion with because they don't know anything politically. You know? And so when your dad, like, if that's his view of, like, political humor is is like, here's BLM shirts in the cotton field, get to work. Like, you're not going to be able to have any sort of nuanced political discussion with this man. He's a (laughs) fucking retard. (laughs) So just be like, you know, just cut it out of the relationship. I go over to my in-laws, I get along with them perfectly fine, and I know just don't bring up politics with these people. They're a lost cause. Just wait for them to die off, and that's it. (laughs) It's What do you want me to say? You're not going to change them. When they're that when they're at that level and they're thinking, there's nothing that can change their mind. There's no point to even trying, really. Because I mean, like, what do you gain from it? There's nothing to be gained from that. But um, yeah, so I would just uh you know, don't disown your father just because he has different political beliefs than you. And on the on the contrary, don't become friends with someone just because they have the same political views as you. I think me and my dad have the same political views, but I don't fucking like hanging out with that dork he is. (laughs) I fucking talk to him when I have to. That's about it. (laughs) You know, just fucking, if you seem to, obviously if you're having some internal struggle, you get along with your dad, just not politically. So just don't talk about politics or on the contrary, just make him look like an idiot. (laughs) Just go like, what do you think that was funny? (laughs) Don't like bring ethics into it. Don't say it's like right or wrong. Just be like, it's like the stupidest thing I've ever heard. That's, that's not even funny. Like ridicule them. Cause people, Ooh, they do not like to get embarrassed. They do not like to be called out on stuff. Have you ever seen that video of the guy doing the, the Joker? He's like, he's dressed up in like the Joker outfit. Me and Brian were laughing about this video last night. He's dressed up as the Joker. Um, and he's like in his, his room and he's recording a Joker video and his roommate comes in and goes, boy, your room's a mess. What what do you have all over your face? And he goes, "Oh, I'm doing a Joker thing." He goes, "Why? Oh, you know, I thought it'd be cool." Cool. He's like, "No, that's just weird. Why are you doing that? Did you think that was cool?" <laughs> it's like his friend is such an asshole. Like he just comes in there. And he's just like, "No, what you're doing right now is lame and gay." <laughs> and it was. <laughs> it did nothing but just make that guy so fucking embarrassed. Yeah, just fucking do that kind of shit. If you want to be an asshole about it. But <laughs> Uh anyways, yeah, good luck to you and your your fucking weird dad. Uh next one is, "Hey, my why is, why is everybody coming to me with political shit? I'm not like a politics guy. Hey, my name's Sam." No. <laughs> my name's Sam. I'm Sam. This guy says, "Hey Sam, my name's Austin, and I don't know where I fit politically. I don't have any clue whether I'm a right or left-leaning person." And obviously, I think gay and trans people are people. Holy shit, you progressive son of a bitch. (laughs) And should have human rights. But I also love the Second Amendment. And uh, don't like a lot of weapon bans that were passed many years ago. Sorry if those are base level or whatever. I just genuinely don't know where I fit politically. I I just feel like you're probably just a person. How about that? You know, In a world where everybody is uh, either... Everything's so divided and if you're not with us then you're against us type mentality uh i would like to think that you're probably just in the middle you're like cuz i'm a complete egalitarian strictly for selfish reasons i've said this before the only the only reason i care about people having equal opportunity across the board regardless of sexual orientation or political affiliation or or fucking religion or whatever gender i don't give a fuck Is uh because when inevitably when I go in for like heart surgery or something like that, I want like the best surgeon possible, being my surgeon, and not somebody that's just like a white guy with rich parents, you know. (laughs) Like if it's a black trans Muslim that's my heart surgeon, then it's like, dude, that motherfucker got there because they're really good at surgery, not because they're just some white guy with money, you know. Uh, I really just want. Equal opportunity for that reason, and i, I would like to think I'm—I'm I'm pretty in the middle politically, maybe left-leaning socially, because I don't care who you are. Actually, you know what? Fuck it. I don't like religions. How about that? Everybody tries to be all religious tolerant and shit. I, I ain't about that, man. Because there's some people down my road that are Seventh Day Adventist, and uh you try to talk to them on Saturday, and they're like, "No, nah, we don't fuck with you on Saturday. Get the fuck out of here." <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? They don't do anything on Saturdays? That's the day, man. Saturdays are made for dads. That's what it's there for. you are going to fucking come at me with this shit. So they can't do anything on Saturday. It's like, it's like the most important time to do things. So, yeah, uh, but I, I don't know. Uh, you know, Go fuck yourself. How about that? Uh, the last one is uh, I'm a, this one's fucking weird. I'm a bye guy like a bisexual guy and so far have only had girlfriends and I really like a boy. I would really like a boyfriend because I feel I connect with my own gender far better than females and cock is pretty cool too. They say I haven't come out to my parents yet because I, uh, it's not uh it's not relevant yet. They're super good parents. I know they would accept me for who I am. I'm scared. My whole family would treat me different if I came out, not worse, but different. So I was thinking I should come out to my parents now and be openly myself, or should I wait until it was actually relevant and not risk my personal life changing completely for no reason? Dude, just like, go get some dick, and then decide whether or not you liked it. Don't fucking come out to your parents as bisexual first, and then go get dick and realize you don't like it, and then have to go back to them and be like, dude, by the way, got fucked, didn't like it, wasn't my thing. (laughs) Why don't you go fucking date a guy for a while? And then and then uh and then tell your parents like hey you know I tried uh you know how like girls have vaginas well, I tried dating the opposite of that and I liked it a lot <laughs> I like the cock and they uh and they'll probably be cool with you but I wouldn't yeah totally do something. because like that whole thing will be in their mind forever if you like are if you're straight and then you come out to them as as being into dudes. And then uh and then you're like, no, 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 I'm straight. Cause then they'll be like, dude, this guy was straight. And then he was like, Maybe I want to fuck guys. And then went and fucked a guy and found out he did not like it. <laughs> and then was like, I'm definitely straight now. <laughs> yeah, I would uh I would probably wait until you've uh you've done a couple of rounds in the bed there before you start telling people what you, you know, I don't tell everybody my my little sexual whims the second they come around. I act them out first. And I can tell you for a fact, I am not into raping. I know that now. You know, that is I thought that was my fetish for a little bit. Boy, was I fucking wrong. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Anyways, uh, and then the the final this one's not even like a therapy thing. This one's like uh have Abby on the podcast. No, <laughs> no, dude. Let me tell you something. We're trying to like potty train my daughter. <sighs> and this is like me and Abby are not good conversationalists together. She does not even talk on the same. We have none of the same interests. Okay. She has been listening to like audiobooks on potty training for the past month. And so her conversation every night is like, you know, this is weird because it's really contradictory. Some people suggest that you should have a little training potty in the living room. And then when the child uses the training potty, they take out the urine uh, bucket, bring it to the toilet and dump it in there, showing that they know that urine goes into the toilet. But then some people suggest that if you train them on a, a potty training toilet, then they'll have to then be trained again for the regular toilet. And some people suggest that after they poo-poo in the toilet, you should give them some M&Ms as a treat or something. But some people suggest that they shouldn't really need a treat other than just, you know, uh, the treat being that they pooped on the toilet itself should be enough to really satisfy. Like, who the fuck wants to hear that? Like, that's my dinner conversation. I'm just sitting there, like, glassy-eyed, staring at her, trying not to fall asleep. And she get she got so fucking mad at me. She was like, "You're just, you're just not helping me with this." (laughs) Sorry, I'm not gonna read three novels on potty training. All right, cavemen learned how to not shit themselves. That was before written word. So I'm assuming, (laughs) I'm assuming it's something that kind of comes naturally, and either that or it's really fucking easy. Because I'm pretty sure like peasants and stuff. In the 1500s, weren't just dumping in their pants for no reason. I'm pretty sure people realize, like, hey, I probably pull my pants down to shit. You know, they didn't have M&Ms to give their kids or or training toilets. You know, it's uh, uh we taught our daughter pretty quickly that stove is hot. The stove is hot and it's dangerous. Pretty easy concept. I'm assuming taking poo poo and toilet will be a little bit more difficult, but not to the point where I need to, we didn't sit there and have discussions for fucking four weeks about whether or not the stove's hot at the dinner table. (laughs) We just told her it's hot. Like, I don't know Uh, that that's our kind of communication we have. And to be honest, it's not funny and I don't want to have any more of it than I have to. So she will not be on the podcast. Unless she really commits to just not talking about that shit. If we can talk about anything else. But my brother, on the other hand, I'd love to have my brother back on. I need to uh, uh, think about, because he's not one to do a whole lot of forward planning. And uh, I need to think of some stuff to talk about. I had a lot written down last time because I didn't know if I could rely on him for shit uh, during the podcast. But I think he'd he'd be good for another one because we got plenty of stories. All right, so... Um, for like the last, I think for about a month, I think for the last month, me, uh, Bizzle, and Brian have been playing Dark Souls first person. Dark Souls 3 first person. And last night we beat it. Thank fucking God. We actually got stuck on... um. This thing took forever, by the way. It took 40-something hours because we did... Okay, no, we, we, would, do, we would go to a bonfire. We'd summon two people. And then we'd do that person's world till the next bonfire. Then we'd go back and then summon the two people and then go forward, go back. And then the third guy would summon the two people. Some things we'd just run to once we knew the thing. And if there wasn't anything good uh, around in the world, but it was, it took for fucking ever, man. And there were some real hiccups along the way. I'm telling you, but the, uh, there was this last boss that was just a cunt. It was um, it was in one of the DLCs, The Ring City. It was this fucking stupid dragon, an optional boss, but we won to 100% the game, 100% the game. And there, it's called uh, something mid-ear, dark something mid-ear. I don't know, he's a fucking dragon. Dude, like, not fun, not fun at all. Steve has always, like, criticized me for not liking monster hunter without ever playing it and that meteor fight made me realize that like that shit is just not my my favorite part of dark souls is everything before the boss fights some of the boss fights i really like you know there were some really cool ones but the ones where it's like you have to look at their cues and remember what they're going to do and then move accordingly and then like roll here. Oh, I died. Okay. Well now I know I need to step back this far after this attack. And it's like a fucking Brian likened it to a piano recital. He's like, it's a, it's like a quick time event. almost. You know, you got to hit the right button at the right time. It's exactly why I didn't like Sekiro because Sekiro was that entirely. Every boss fight was like a, you have to hit this button at this time type thing. The, the least amount of fun I've ever had was doing that mid fight. By the way, we spent easily five or six times longer on that boss than we did any other boss in the entire game. Slave Knight Gale was easier. Uh, the Nameless King was a whole lot easier. That fucking mid guy. It took us three nights, I think. I think it was three nights straight of like, we fought him. We did some shit up to the point where we got to him. We fought him uh, a couple times and we're like, this fucking guy's hard. Then we came back another night and all we did that night was fight him failed. And then we rested on it over the weekend and thought about life. And then we came back and fucked him up for all three of us over the entire night. And, uh, and that shit was, f- fuck that stupid boss. Anyways, so I've been talking a lot. Stalt's probably wondering like, dude, this is like the worst working relationship in my life. We started out being great friends, like best friends. And then fucking all of a sudden you just disappeared. That's where I've been for like the past month, Stalt. I'm sorry. Every night we'd get into this private call with just me, Brian and Bizzle and we'd be playing it. Uh, three, three people. And Nell Stolt probably thinks I fucking hate his guts because I'm like, <laughs> I'm just like, here's your work. I just give him the podcast and walk away. And I'm like, I'm sorry, Stolt, man. We'll, we'll play games again. We're done with it. We just finished it. We're done. We'll we'll be friends again. I promise. And uh, anyways, so while I was talking to Bizzle one of these nights, he gets a fucking knock on his door from this guy that's like a, what is it called? The um, works for Amway. It's like a multi-level marketing thing, which is essentially a pyramid scheme. And he, uh, what's funny about this guy is he was like, dude, my boss is, my boss got $500,000 last year in tips. From doing what, dude? These guys can never tell you what it is they fucking do. They just tell you, they always come at you with the money first. That's how you know it's a fucking scam because Anybody that is getting out in the workforce right now, you guys are the ones that they're going to be going after. If it sounds too good to be true, and if the people start off with the amount of money you're going to make, it's a scam. <laughs> it's a scam right off the bat. Cutco Knives, a scam. Amway, scam. D- regular pyramid schemes, which are pretty easy to spot, scams. And, uh, you know, actually, coincidentally, my fucking... My, My grandfather fell for a pyramid scheme, like a sap in like the late seventies, early eighties, I think. And he was, um, he owned a bunch, he was like a regional manager and like owned a bunch of these like Albertsons stores. It wasn't Albertsons, but it was a store like Albertsons and he owned a bunch of them and then like lost millions doing some pyramid scheme. And so my brother or my dad grew up rich because of him. And then, uh, and then he lost everything. So I grew up fucking dirt ass poor. <laughs> I was like, "You fucking idiot!" It's like the my dad's family's all Jewish. I'm like, "You were the worst Jew of all time." If you, can. <laughs> like, I'm like the only poor Jewish kid growing up. What the fuck is up with this? This sucks. <laughs> my fucking Hanukkah presents were like socks and shit. Like they're just fucking horrible. So, anyways, I uh. <laughs> Um, I was thinking about this when we were when he was telling me about this uh pyramid scheme thing of this other scam this guy had of uh when I was on my honeymoon, we had just gotten married, was going on my honeymoon to Colorado, and there was this uh this guy sitting next to me Abby was on the the window seat I was in the middle seat this guy was on the aisle seat, and this was the flight from Atlanta or Charlotte. Yeah, it was from Charlotte to Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, because you know, I get all the layovers and shit because I'm cheap as fuck. I'm not getting a direct flight. <laughs> if it's if it's four dollars cheaper, I'll fucking pay to have a layover. I don't give a fuck. And because uh, now I can say I visited Phoenix for five minutes. Yeah, I was there. Phoenix kind of sucks. It looks like the inside of an airport. Uh, so I, uh, but that that's like a long stretch of flight. It was like a six hour flight, and I was talking to this guy for I I talked to him the entire time. Abby was pissed because she was just wanting to talk to her new husband, you know, try to wrap her mind around me. And, uh, little did she know there's really not much, (laughs) not much more than meets the eye. (laughs) So, uh, this guy comes in, he sits down with a three piece suit and I just look at him. like, what are you like? what's fucking wrong with you, dude? Like, you should be wearing something comfortable. Like, I was wearing sweats or something like that. I was like, why aren't you just kind of laid back like I am? Like, who the fuck wants to fly in a three-piece suit? That's what I'm saying. With dress shoes. Like, there's no way you're going up in the air, and the second you're landing, you're stepping into a board meeting. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, you're going to check in at a hotel. That's when you throw on your suit, so you don't get, like, peanut crumbs on it. Like what's wrong? Like, why would you fly in that? And he just immediately starts with his spiel of his business. He's like, Man, you have no idea. I got this thing. It's a money printing machine. It not literally counterfeit, but he's talking like it's a program him and his friends wrote that, um by the way, this guy was way too old to be doing programming, so he can fuck off with that. He didn't write it. <laughs> this guy was like forty something. And he was like, uh, "He was like, what? What it is is basically you. You think of the stock market as like, oh, the stocks go up and down throughout the day. But what you don't see, if you zoom into it, you can see that uh, every like, it's like they actually have like a tick rate or whatever. Like every microsecond, it's going up fractions of a cent." And so this program I have, it'll it'll detect uh, when it when it's going down, stocks going down, and when it starts to rebound back up, it'll buy in right when it starts to rebound, and then when it goes up, as it starts to tick down, it'll sell. And it and you won't, you know, if you have a bunch of capital in there, like fifty thousand dollars, you'll get uh, you know several bucks on each trade, but it does it thousands of times during the day, which I mean, it sounds legit, right? It sounds legit like that sounds like it would work, you know? And so he's like, so basically, uh, throughout the day, you know, I just have this thing running. It's just printing money all day. It's just getting me plenty of income. And he's telling me about it and he gives me his business card and everything. So I could buy the software if I wanted. And, uh, and we got off the plane and Abby's like, did you really believe that guy? Like, are you even going to try that? And I was like, no, I want to look at his website because I know it's fucking fake. And she's like, why do you know it's fake? (laughs) And I go, because that guy is wearing a fucking men's warehouse three-piece suit and he's sitting in coach next to a 24-year-old that is dead ass broke. This was back in Skyrim days, man. This was back when I would spend forever making a video and it would get me like $40, right? (laughs) Like, I was just paying rent with my money at that point. So (laughs) I knew that this fucking guy didn't have any money. This thing was a scam just based off the fact of where he was sitting on the plane and how shitty his suit was. What was that? That fucking quote from that norm book. It was a, he wears a suit that a poor man thinks a rich man would wear. (laughs) That's exactly what his suit looked like. He thought he looked like a million bucks. And I looked at that shit and said, Nah, son, that was a, that was a three, three suits for 69.99 special at fucking men's warehouse. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, those scams, man, if you're, if you're old enough or wise enough or street smart enough, you can, you can tell the second they open their fucking mouth. Cause nobody is like, if you think about this, if you actually had a money printing machine, why would you sell it? Why? What does he gain from selling it? You could say, oh, he gains money. He has a money printing machine. Second of all, like, why? Yeah, why would people are naturally exclusive? That's why, like, racism happens. It's because people are like, no, I don't. I, I have something. I don't want to let you in. You know what I mean? Like, what's the for if you go out and buy a really cool sports car, the last thing you want to see is when you pull out the lot in the in the car lot somebody driving that exact same sports car on the road. You'll be like, what the fuck? I just <laughs> thought I was the only guy with this thing, you know? And so like if you have something, you're not going to try to give it to somebody else unless it benefits you in some way, you know, unless you already have everything in the world, like Bill Gates, you know, he's trying to cure malaria just as a side project. But, uh, dude, employers are always benefiting from you. It's a mutually beneficial agreement. You get some money, they get some labor. They're never doing you a fucking favor and you're not doing them a favor. Just keep hey, keep smart out there. That's the end of this episode. God, I hope this thing's long enough. I think I, I recorded like three, 10 minute segments. Is that, is that long enough? 30 minutes. It's fucking like raining and thundering outside. I'm going to go fucking get on the back porch and brew some coffee. I'll smell you guys on the flip side later.